recording okay welcome to season two episode one of the poverty franchise podcast um for those of you who are listening and don't have any visuals hello um you'll be able to watch any prior episodes on our youtube which will be linked in the bio of our instagram everything is under the same name poverty franchise podcast on tiktok um on instagram on youtube on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything that, you know, exists pretty much we're on there. Um, Linktree should have all them linked. So, yeah. yeah. That's where you want to go. Um, for those of you who are on video, you know, same old, same old, same look, you know, the classic. You can't go wrong with that. But, you know, want to be sometimes you want to be able to listen to your podcast on the go. And that's kind of the point of podcasts. You know, they're not a TV show. You kind of want to listen to them on the go. So we got there eventually. It just took us a little bit. Um, my name's Khalil. And I'm Ethan. And yeah, season two, episode one. Hopefully we can, you know, get off to a good start. And, you know, with that being the case, uh, I want to talk about like a, a personal thing. Do you do New Year's resolutions? Is that something you do like in your personal life? Um, No, because I don't really see a point in those like New Year resolutions. Like, why do you have to wait until a new, year, a new year to change? Like, just start do it whenever. you know like that's what i'm about real huh i know some people like you know are like that where they're more like just like if you have a goal just set it yeah like new year's resolutions are like or everyone looks at a new year as like a new start when honestly <laughs> if you want a new start it could be you know next week or you know next tomorrow week. tomorrow right? every yeah. day is a new start obviously um but with the theme of new year's resolutions which everyone makes you know every single year uh, it seems like we both had five teams, uh, NBA teams, who we want to give, you know, New Year's resolutions to. Uh, obviously, this episode is definitely going to be more focused on football. So we still want to give the NBA a little bit of shine before we get into the, you know, the the main, the nitty gritty of the episode, if you will. Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? And we both um, know sh- teams. So that's going to Let's be- just alternate. Okay. You so, go first. Yeah. For the first one, the Bulls, okay. they need ball. They need the ball back. Need you know, ball back? Lonzo Ball. Oh yeah, they do. That is very. True. They need the ball back. <laughs> they need just been, that team was actually so good last year before Lonzo had got hurt. Mm-hmm. I think they were the one seed uh, for a bit. They were the one seed for a bit. Yeah, and then they uh, Lonzo had got hurt, and then I think Zach Levine was dealing with Zach. injury. She deals with and Caruso at one point. Yeah, Caruso. The only person who I think was relatively healthy, and you can check me on this, is DeMar DeRozan. DeMar. I think DeMar DeMar was relatively healthy, if I remember correctly. No, because there was like a span, like a week, where bro just hit two back-to-backs, back-to-backs, not back-to-backs, two game winners back-to-back. He was like playing like an MVP. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to make sure he played a relatively good amount of games last year. Last year, he played, let's see, ESPN, come on now. I'm pretty sure he did. He he was pretty healthy last year. I don't remember DeMar DeRozan missing very many games last year. Last year, he played 76. He was extremely healthy, actually. He missed six games. Um, So, yeah, DeMar DeRozan was around. Everyone else really wasn't. Zach Levine has consistently not been that healthy. He's been someone who plays around like 52, 65-ish games. He's never someone who really plays over 70. I don't know if that's because of his, like, it's probably because of his above-the-rim kind of play style. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, but he's just always injured or like dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. Lonzo was kind of more of like a 
uh, out of nowhere thing. Uh, and then Caruso was obviously a foul thing. But yeah, definitely they need Lonzo Ball back if they want to contend this year. Because I think if I like remember the standings correctly, they're not in the play-in at the moment or the play. They're like 10 or 12. Yeah, they're something. Like, they might barely yeah. be in the play-in, but they're really not doing that well. Yeah. And they just lost to um, the Cavaliers a couple I think yesterday and Donovan. But the one where Don 70. dropped like 70. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I think they would benefit from Lonzo Ball. If, you know, the uh, like it's for my new year resolutions for the teams, it's basically a lot of them are like health health concerns. Yeah. But then right. like for the Bulls, it's like their health and either that or they just blow it all up. Because they're, they're not better they can, than Yeah. They have to make a choice. Like they're one of those weird teams where it's like you guys clearly aren't gonna win the finals. You guys probably won't even win a first round series, yet you yeah. guys still want to hold on to all these assets. It's like them. And I'll say my team that I have for a similar reason is the Washington Wizards, who I I said their New Year's resolution is to be more decisive uh, because, you know, they're like the epitome of mediocre. Like, you know, you have Bradley Beal, who's you you could say 20 to 30 range when it comes to like where you put them amongst NBA players. I don't know if anyone really has them higher than 20. That'd be kind of crazy. But and even 20 is a bit of a stretch, but we'll say 25 to 30 uh, range. Then you get Christoph Porzingis, who's, you know, a little below that. But those are two, you know, if they're playing at their best, all-star, not starters, but, you know, all-stars. And then, you know, you have Kyle Kuzma, who's playing really well. He's playing uh, extremely well this season. Yeah, he's averaging 21, I'm pretty sure. Um, Monte who's like a, you know, a quality role player. You got some guys, and then you guys are consistently bad. So you're drafting in the, like, not bad. You're not, like magic bad but you're just like not mediocre you're like stuck in the you're in the lottery every year but you're not you know in the conversation to get victor Wembanyama. you're not in the conversation to get kate cunningham zion williamson they haven't got any of those guys and when you look at who the wizards have drafted recently they drafted johnny davis this year who has not been good at all last year i don't even remember who they drafted but um i know they've drafted roy hachimura who had a, a lot of hype denny advia who had a lot of hype um Corey Kisper, who didn't necessarily have the most hype, but hasn't really panned out to be anything special. Uh, and they just consistently haven't really drafted well. And it's not even to say necessarily that they haven't drafted well, because I think, especially with Roy and Denny, those were good draft picks in the time being. Obviously, you know, when you look back on it, you're going to be like, nah, you guys should have took this guy. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, that's easy to say in the hindsight, because right. you see who else is in that class. Yeah, maybe the issue isn't necessarily their drafting ability, it's their development ability, and they just mm-hmm. aren't able to, you know, develop the talent they have. But it also doesn't help when, you know, you draft a guard, and obviously the main, the <laughs> best way to develop a guard is to give them the ball and let them, you know, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Bradley Beal, so it's kind of like... Yeah, I, didn't, I don't really see eye to eye with that Johnny Davis draft, because I, I wasn't a big fan of him in the first place. Yeah. I don't really see why they picked him. Obviously, I'll never know. But yeah. it's kind of just there. Yeah. And another Weird. big thing with the Wizards, too, uh, is the Bradley Beal contract. Horrific. Uh, he's on – I think he's going to be one of the highest – or the highest paid player in the league, or one of, at least in the top five. And he also has a no-trade clause. So <laughs> uh, uh, if they're just like, you know, this isn't working out, we're going to trade you to Memphis and he doesn't want to go to Memphis. He's not going to Memphis. The contract is already hard enough to trade as is. And besides the fact that you have to find a team that has the money to even take on the contract, you have to trade him to a team that Bradley Beal also wants to go to. 
So it's kind of like he's an immovable asset at this point. The only team that I think would trade for him because they're insane and they do stuff like this all the time is the Lakers. They're the only team I can think of who would be like, you know, third star, he scores. That takes, yeah, that takes me into my second team, though. The Lakers. I have the Lakers as <laughs> yeah. well. So tell me what you have for them because I have one so, for them too. AD needs to come back or they need to trade for someone or blow it all up because they have no picks. They have no future. They have LeBron. They're just wasting LeBron. And they obviously want to win a chip, right? Right. They don't have the assets to win a chip. They're in like the worst situation imaginable. And I think my my New Year's resolution relates to more so how they got in that situation. I put their New Year's resolution as be more patient uh, because (laughs) if we're being real, Obviously, they they shouldn't have been in this situation in the first place. You know, yeah. we had the bubble year where they won. And then the next year, I remember they brought in a bunch of really good guys who, on paper, I was like, the Lakers are winning this championship. You know, they brought in Marcus Gasol, Montrez Harrell. No, that was the year where they brought everyone that was old. Yeah, they brought in a bunch of older yeah. dudes. But we were all like, yeah. you know, these are, Mellow, yeah, all the- like, <laughs> these are good guys. These are like guys who can still contribute. And then it didn't work out. And then they were like, you know what? This didn't work out, so let's trade for Russ. And yeah, I, the reasoning why they didn't have that is because they didn't have shooting. And yeah. They fixed that issue with getting Russ. Yeah, it's like, you know, you guys could have been more patient <laughs> and see, waited things out. Also, you got to remember about that Lakers year before last year. Um, LeBron was hurt. He rolled his ankle against Atlanta in that one game. And that was that was a big deal because he was out for a lot of games. Uh, AD missed time, as he does most a lot of the time. Um, and they still made the playoffs. Mind you, and not only did they make the playoffs, they played the Phoenix Suns in the first round and took them to six games. They beat a quality, like arguably the best team in the league the last few last two years uh, in a playoff situation. And they won multiple games. And then they were just like, nah, scratch it. We're going to just start over. Um, Their bubble team was the best team that they've assembled. Perfectly. Like if you're going to build a LeBron team. That's like the perfect LeBron team. You get a, a big man who can defend the rim, who has like the ability to score on all three levels. You got Danny Green, KCP, two shooters who can play some defense. Uh, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Rajon Ron. They didn't have Pat Bev. No, no, no. Uh, who else did they have on that team? It was just a really solid team of like solid dudes. They still had Kuzma, who hit yeah. a game against Denver in the bubble. I don't know if you remember that. Um but yeah, they, they had a good squad and they're just like, nah, let's just hurry up and let's do something up. Uh, you know, let's just blow it up. Also, besides that, before they even traded for Anthony Anthony Davis, obviously, you know, if you have a championship or a chance to win a championship, you know, take a shot at it. Yeah. But you know, when you look at what they traded up, Lonzo, um, I what I think believe what I believe turned into the number six pick in the draft. Uh they traded away Brandon Ingram, they traded away Josh Hart, who hasn't out of the three that they traded to uh, New Orleans, Josh Hart has been the one who's panned out the least. But Josh Hart is still a very solid role player. Um, they traded away Julius Randle. They traded away D'Angelo Russell. Those are all guys who have done something since they've left, and that's not a coincidence. There's no reason that a bunch of guys who leave L.A. turn out to be good. It's the development. And the pressure. And as you said, patience. The pressure. Yeah. And it's not even that the Lakers can't draft. They're actually a very good drafting team. I mean, when you get Kyle Kuzma in the the late first round or early second, I don't remember which one it was, that's a really good pick. Kyle Kuzma has been very good so far. And when it was Kyle Kuzma's rookie season, there were discussions about him being better than Jason Tatum. So, like, that was a very good pick. 
Um, obviously, he didn't turn out being better than Jason Tatum, but he's a very <laughs> good player. Uh, Julius Randle, uh, you know, Julius Randle's been kind of up and down. He had a really good season a couple years ago, and then ever since he's kind of been in a really weird spot with New York. But he's still a very good player, injuries, things like that. Brandon Ingram has been an all-star, and he's done nothing but get better since he's left. Lonzo, you know, he's figured some things out. Um, you know, Josh Hart found his way to be a solid role player. Basically, they've all developed yeah. into quality players, except Josh Hart, but he's still pretty good. <laughs> good job. It's solid. And then D'Angelo Russell went to Brooklyn, you know, led them to the playoffs a year, then went to Golden State, things didn't work out. In Minnesota, he's been kind of all right, but he's still, you know, better than most of the guys they have not named Anthony Davis or LeBron James. So, you know, you got to at some point you got to see it through, you know, certain guys, you got to give a little bit of time. And clearly, you know, the Lakers struggle to do that. Um, on to the third. Uh, I'll go you with can the go first. Celtics okay. are probably my least interesting one. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, I just put play up to the Celtic standards. Celtics started off the season really hot. We're the best team in basketball, and there's been some games as of recently where they just have not played, you know, up to expectations. Um, biggest example, allowing 150 points to the Oklahoma City Thunder with no shake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Um, you know, there's just been games where, you know, they should just dominate. I watched them play against Denver a few days ago, or I think last week, actually. Did that one go into OT? It didn't go into OT, but there was a very long oh, a different game. stop because I think – uh, who was it? Robert Williams dunked on the rim and then the rim got like put off kilter. So the game got oh. stopped for like 10 minutes because they were trying to re-straighten out the rim. Um, and Boston had momentum before that happened. And then obviously when you take a 10 minute break in the middle of a game, you know, you're a little stiff and obviously Denver, you know, ran away with it. Yeah. Uh, but there was just a lot of missed opportunities in that game. And Boston's not playing at the moment like a team that I'm no doubt taking over any team. But then again, uh, we did see on that same day Milwaukee lose by like 30 to the Wizards. So it's been a lot. I of- mean, to be fair, though, Tatum's been doing his thing. He's been putting up 30 yeah. like consistently. MVP been, candidate type numbers. MVP, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's just overall as a team, they need to pick up the slack. Yeah. And play. Up to Celtic standards. Like there's no reason yeah. you should be losing to the Thunder on any night. Even if they had Shea, you shouldn't lose to the Thunder, and you lost to the Thunder without Shea, and you allowed. No, that. you should lose. To, you should lose. With I mean, Shea. if you lose he's to Shea, he's a top point guard in the NBA. He's a top point guard in the NBA. If you lose to Shea, I would be like, you know, okay, Shea probably dropped like forty or something. I get, it. <laughs> but like without Shea, Josh Giddy, very good player, but come on now, Josh Giddy is not beating Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams. Well, he did. Like he did it that <laughs> night. Only time it's gonna ever happen in NBA history. Who's your third? Uh, my third's the Warriors. And okay. theirs is to develop the young talent. Example, Kaminga, bros, he's been wonky in the preseason. He's still pretty wonky now. And it's just developing the younger people because Poole's consistently inconsistent. Yeah. There's no baddies on the court. He has his games where it's like, geez, this dude is the best guy on the court. Like on Christmas <laughs> Day, he's playing – Memphis without Steph and I was like yeah okay Jordan Poole is the best guy that I'm seeing on the court right now he's kind of like he's in that weird niche of players where it's kind of like it's a guy where you just have to watch him play you just know they're really good yeah same thing with like Bones Highland like he's (laughs) a hooper like you can watch him and you know he's a very good basketball it's just those shifty guards yeah you don't have to get into the analytics and be like oh his box plus minus per 48 (laughs) no you can just watch Jordan Poole 
and you can tell that the guy has talent and you know he shows that uh, a lot of the times and then there's you know times where it's like what are you doing question what's why he even got drafted yeah it's like he he's so confident in his ability that sometimes he takes some shots where I'm kind of like why why would you shoot that but you know with those that like niche of players you kind of know that they're going to they're going to shoot like that's what they're going to He's do. that but he's a spark plug. Yeah, like, the shot makers, you know. Yeah, he's been like that forever, you know. Like mm-hmm. sixth man, your role is just get on the court and you know get the offense Go going. Crazy. They're gonna they're gonna shoot the ball. Jordan Clarkson does it. Lou Will used to do it. It's just always been that way. So I'm not gonna hold it against him. But sometimes, yeah, like, come on now. I'm mainly directing it more toward the other players around it. Oh, for sure, Jordan Poole is most developed out of all of them. Yeah, far. like. And they also have to come away with some of the wins on the road because on the yeah. their road record is terrible. I think it's like the yeah. worst. It's by far the worst in the NBA. Last time I checked, I think they were two and thirteen on the road. So you it know, it's terrible. You gotta win on the road. Um, obviously, role players typically tend to play better at home, and their bench was already bad. So when you're like not at least playing at home, they're gonna play even worse than they already were. So it's kind of like I don't know what you're gonna do. Um, but I mean, I will give the Warriors credit. Clay They're three and sixteen on the on three the road. And 16? Yeah, yeah. So not good at all. And I don't think all of the. It's not like all of those games were against quality opponents. Some of those games were against some pretty trash teams. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's inexcusable. You know, you can't really be three and sixteen on the road and really do much. Although you know their record kind of evens out with the home record because the record their home record is very good. Um, oh, yeah, extremely. You don't beat the dubs at home most of the time, but on the road, you got a good chance. You got a really good shot. Uh, yeah. I like, it's just really hard to judge the Warriors right now without Steph. Cause like, you know, when a team, you know how on NBA they'll post like a picture of the team, one team's best player. And then the other team's best player next to each other. And it's like, I'm like a hype up for the matchup. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. The other team's player that they choose to post is Draymond Green. You can't really expect too much because I remember they were playing the 76ers and it was like jo- battle of the big men, Joel Embiid versus Draymond Green. And Draymond Green finished with like eight points and seven rebounds. No, because so, they, they kept on reposting that pass to Clay Thompson. Like, oh, yeah. Like it, wasn't, the it, it was, was a clearly pass. a bounce pass. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. NBA media is funny. NBA Draymond's media. a magician. <laughs> Draymond's a, a magician. He made a simple bounce pass, guys. <laughs> Something that I could do. And there's not a lot of stuff on NBA court that I could do. But if I bounce pass to Clay Thompson, trust me. What, two but feet away from me? 10 yeah. for 10. I'm going 10 for 10. Um, who's your last team? Um, my. Oh, well, you have two more. I only have two. four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Sophomore slump Scotty. Help him up. He hasn't played great. He really hasn't played great. I don't know what they got to do. The the Raptors are also a really weird team because it's just like they have so many guys. It's like they're so see Occam goes crazy at the most random times. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they're just a really weird team to look at because they're like they're not mid. They're not a mid team, but their I'm record not... is bad though. Yeah, but the roster talent isn't. The roster talent isn't bad at all. It's just yeah, they're sixteen and twenty one. It's like they're tied with the Bulls, below the Wizards, Hawks, Knicks, Heat, Pacers. Well, wait, why are the Pacers twenty one and seventeen? Hey, they're good. They're good. 
you know, two, Tyrese Halliburton, Kerry, Tyrese Halliburton, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Benedict Matherin, your guy. Going Go. crazy. <laughs> They've been spectacular. Um, what's it called? Yeah, the Raptors. I mean, at that point, you said they're lower than the Wizards. Yes. Tank for tank for. They're Vegas. lower than the Wizards by a game. Oh, by a game. That's not yeah. Bad. Like tank I for mean, at this yeah. point. Just blow it up. Trade Pascal. Trade Fred Van Vliet. I honestly think that they should trade, though. Like, yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't I, be opposed to I it. I wouldn't be mad at it. If they're like, yeah. you know what, there's a clear ceiling to what we can achieve with Pascal Siakam as our best player. We're going to trade him. And with the opportunity to get the greatest draft pot prospect of all time by far, bro, go do it. They can definitely get value out of it too. Yeah, even like just Pascal Siakam on his own could be a very quality. We already saw he could be a, uh, the second best player on a championship team. You know, mm-hmm. that's possible. Um, maybe you know a team like Dallas or something is like we want to give someone to Luca, which is my fourth you know uh, New Year's resolution. Oh. Mavericks need to get Luca some help. That's mm-hmm. their resolution. That's all I'm going to say about that. But if, like, the Mavericks were like, we'll trade for Pascal or Fred Van Vliet just to help out Luca, you know, there's value there. It's not like they have someone who's untradeable, like uh, Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A team that's below the Raptors, though, that I have is the Hornets. And pretty much what set a direction in which you're going because they have people who are decent, but they can't trade them away because they don't have value. And their yeah. contracts are bad. So, like, Terry Rozier, Gordon he's Hayward. having a down season. <laughs> both Gordon Hayward, yeah, both of them. They're having down seasons, and, like, they're just injuries, money. They can't trade them away. They can't really set a direction. Eventually, Lomelo's going to request a trade if yeah. they keep it up that it, terrible it, record. It sucks for the Hornets, too, because it's like they lost their second-best player in the most weird way possible, and it's like – there's nothing you can really do to predict that, but the Gordon Hayward contract was bad from the start, so I don't know why they paid him that much, especially knowing his injury history and especially yeah. with the injury that he had uh, in Boston. I don't know why they paid him. Terry Rozier, you know, I think Terry Rozier has a little more value than Gordon Hayward does because he, he still yeah. obviously can be a spark plug, I think, even though he is having a down season. Yeah. Uh, I think he has a little bit more value, but yeah, I think at this point the direction is like I said for the Raptors trade or not trade tank for Victor. You're not making the yeah. playoffs, You're not making the play-in. Trade. They're not. They're one of the worst teams in the league right now. Yeah, you're you're not doing yeah. anything. Yeah, and you don't even need to get Victor. I think a lot of people forget like they can get away with Scoot. Scoot is like an elite draft prospect, man. Bro, like, did you see that dunk? The dunk? Oh yeah, in, in other draft class, Scoot Henderson is going one. I think people are taking Scoot Henderson over Cade Cunningham. Like, he's a better draft prospect to me, uh, a more surefire prospect to me than any guy I've ever seen. You get two years in the G League against grown men, and he's 18. He's a year older than I am, and he's playing professional athletes for two years. That's a surefire prospect. I've watched both of them play uh, when the G League Ignite played, um, I forget what, Metropolitan's 92 or something. Uh, oh, was it the first game of the season? Uh, it was like a, uh, what's it called? A G League. It was the one G League game. Oh, that like, oh yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. them both play, and it what the gap between Victor and Scoot is not that drastic. Victor is just, the thing with Victor is there's so much unrecognized talent. Like, there's something, there's something with Victor that he can be that we've never seen before. With Scoot, you know, you kind of have an idea of if he's at his best, what he can really be. He can be an elite, you know, score three levels. Um, with some defensive intensity as well. 
uh, 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 what's called an archetype that we've seen before. With Victor, it's kind of like there's this seven foot five guy who can dribble, shoot, <laughs> you know, do hezies, do one legged you know, three pointers that we've never seen before. One legged pull up three pointers from half court, yeah. spin jumper, turn so around, obviously, 360 you know. Dunk. That's that's the difference between Scoot and and Victor. But you know, if you can get either of those guys, I'd be happy. They got to yeah. just find a way to move Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Even if you're getting value that's not what they're really worth, just get them off the roster. That wraps up mine. That's your fifth. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah, I I think for the most part, every NBA team is they they are you know, aware of what they need to do, where they are in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, and it's just, you need to have a star to win most of the time. So for teams like, like you're saying with Toronto, obviously Pascal's a star, but like, you know, when you're playing against Jason Tatum one night and then the next night you're playing against Giannis and then the next night you're playing against Joel Embiid. And then after that, you're playing against Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's averaging 30. Then Luca, who's averaging like 20,000 points a game and 20 rebounds and 37 assists. Pascal is not matching up like that, you know. So <laughs> they're they're an interesting case. Same thing with, you know, Charlotte going from being like an up-and-coming team to being like this, this trash team that they're really just not good. Um, and then obviously the Lakers. It's, it's about direction. I think that's the big theme for a lot of these. Yeah. Guys. Uh, choosing where you want to want to go with things, um, but yeah, I like those. Um, no you New Year's for... for you. No, no New Year's resolutions for you. No goals, nothing. Healthy knees. Goals. Healthy, Healthy knees. That's a good goal. That's a that's a very good goal, especially for you. That's definitely something you know. In years prior, we haven't seen from you. It's it's yes. something that would really boost your draft stock. And if you could get those knees healthy, I could see you sliding into the, the third round, second D. round. D. Rose is my twin, for real. D. Rose, Jamal Murray. Like, no wonder <laughs> you have some attachment to him. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, you guys are on a similar path with the knee injury. Yes. Yeah. Um, but let's shift over to the NFL. Obviously, before All we right. get into anything that's, you know, Football on the field related, we got to talk about the Damar Hamlin situation, which has just been, you know, heartbreaking in general. Rough, very rough. I've never seen anything like it. I was trying to think, I thought I remember something similar happening, but no, this is just as far as NFL goes, nothing on this level has happened, and we still don't know if the the guy's okay. Yeah, like what had happened was T Higgins running Damar collision tackle. It looks like he took like a shoulder ish to his face his mask, chest. right? Chest. Yeah. Oh. And then like, you know, little Sally, and then he just passes out. Yeah, he takes a couple steps and then he he's out. Um yeah. as far I've been trying to keep up with the situation as much as possible because they're giving the last updates. The last update that I saw was this morning at like nine twenty-four. Mm-hmm. It's just he's his condition's improving. Yeah, that's what we know as of right now. Unless something is happening yeah. while we're recording, his condition is improving. He's still in critical condition, but his condition is improving. I will say I was doing a little bit of research on the situation. This isn't the first time a, a professional athlete has had um, cardiac arrest on the field, and actually, the other person that it happened to did survive. It was a, a soccer player named Christian Erickson. Uh, I don't really keep up with soccer, but when I was reading up on the DeMar Hamlin situation, it came up. Uh, he had cardiac arrest in 2020, and uh, obviously he played for Manchester United, I think, at the time. 
And they had people on the field, obviously, you know, do what they had to do. And 18 months, 18, 18 months later, he is, he's, he's alive. He's playing. That's good. That's great. It's not impossible to, you know, recover from situation, but it's also not something to take light. And I am also really um, not shocked. Well, a little shocked that the NFL did cancel the game. Just knowing the NFL's track record, I was like, there's no way they cancel this game. Not, I'm glad they did. Yeah. Very shocked in a good way that they did. But it's like the NFL's track record on, on player safety, especially this year, has been awful. Uh, there was the two Tua concussions, which we'll talk about later when we talk about oh, some yeah. picks. Uh, the Def- Devontae Parker situation where I don't know if it was him or one of his teammates. They took a hard hit and then he was making like oh, a whole fuss on the it side. Was, it was his teammate. It was his teammate. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, this guy cannot play right now. We need to yeah. call the play dead." And no one was really doing anything. They eventually uh, did. They called it dead, though. Yeah, they called it Which dead. Which I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. After he made a whole fuss about it, and, you know, had yeah. the you know line judges' attention, <laughs> but you know, this is a, a step in the right direction as far as the NFL handling player safety. Uh, again, this isn't a concussion. This isn't a torn ACL. This is cardiac arrest. So it's very different. This was like life or death. You know, a concussion is is also a very serious thing that can be like serious, right? but not as serious. Well, as this. I don't want to say not as serious, but like this is different. This is like immediately after death the can happen. Yeah, like it was it was an issue. Um, a lot of the the talk around Demar Hamlin has either it's been like one of three things. So it's been uh, obviously everyone NFL, Bleacher Report, NBA, even people who aren't you know. Uh, in the United States are playing for the dude because it's it's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. You know, shoot, even at my school, we have a sign on our office that says prayers for DeMar Hamlin. Wow. It's like everyone is kind of, you know, in arms for this dude. Everyone, Everyone's involved. Yeah, everyone wants to see the dude come back. His mm-hmm. toy drive went from like 400K in donations to like 6 million today. You know, um, dude a was couple, a student. A couple players donated. Yeah. Forgot names. Yeah, I, I saw I people did though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, there was an update on his condition this morning at seven twenty four a.m. According to ESPN, his oxygen, his needed oxygen level lowered from one hundred percent to fifty percent. So that's a good sign. Yeah, like he doesn't need, or he isn't relying as much on the oxygen. Which yeah, is um, and yeah, yeah, he's still in critical, but. You know, if he's going, he's clearly moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad that the NFL canceled the game. I was I'm thinking, disappointed in what Skip said. I was literally about to get to that. Um, but before I talk about that, I I was literally thinking, because I got home from work when it happened. I was like, logistically, what needs to happen for them to cancel this game? Um, because obviously, young man's life, you know, really bad. Yeah. But like. When you think about all that needs to go into what happens to, or what all that goes into what is needed to cancel a game, you got to talk to the coaches, the players, you know, uh, the people who are on the on the field, you know, doing all the security, event planning, all of that. And it's not like this happened in a game between, you know, the Texans and the the Colts where there's like even if they play this during the playoffs, there's no playoff implication. You know, it doesn't mess up the rest of the season schedule. This is a game that has serious playoff implications and they canceled it, which I'm happy about. Um, And I was just like, I wonder, I just really wonder how they're going to play this situation out because this is a really interesting situation as far as. I feel like a solution could be 
postponing the playoffs by a week. That's it's the, gonna that's suck for it's gonna thing. suck for planning though, of course, because obviously you buy a ticket for the Super Bowl on yeah. February 14th. And then you get the hotel. Set, and you have that. a flight set for that date. It gets postponed to the 21st. What are you gonna do? Yeah, that's the only that that to me is the best situation. And they already said the game's not playing this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have said that none of the games that are supposed to happen next week got canceled, which I find a little weird because that does mean the Buffalo Bills will be playing the New England Patriots in a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if, you know, they're not going to play that game or what's going to happen. It's just an interesting situation as to what's going to happen. Uh, but as you were saying about Skip's comments, um, I don't think Skip's comments were, you know, he he apologized later on, but I think yeah. I have more issue with um, what happened on first, what's their show called? Undisputed First Take, whatever Something the one like that. him and Skip and Shannon, where Shannon was like, um, I wish we could play the audio on the podcast. That should be like something we work on. But like um, he was saying like he saw his brother cousin it was a family member a a near family member he saw them like pass out on the field and it really struck him different you know seeing the damar hamlin situation he was like skip made some comments yesterday that i didn't agree with and then skip you know talked over him and was like i'm not gonna delete my tweet because i still stand by what i said yeah you know at some point you gotta have some dignity and be like even if i don't humanity yeah even if i don't feel i'm wrong you know maybe i shouldn't have made that comment at that time and you know just the circumstances around it. Yeah. You know, it's okay to feel like you're not wrong, but in this situation, just shut up. Like, you, the yeah. situation is what it is, and you just kind of got to be like, I messed up, and, you know, I there's I'm sorry. But, again, Skip Bayless has – this is not his first time doing anything where it was like, come on now, be, be a human. Uh, when Dak Prescott's brother passed away, he was calling Dak Prescott soft. I recall that. Oh. Did he uh, say like? Was he the one who said shut up and play football? Or was that someone yeah, else? Yeah, I think that was him. He's someone who said something along those lines. Uh, he's called uh, what's Mike McCarthy fat and said that that was why he wasn't a good coach or something along those lines. Skip Bayless just he he says a lot of stuff. And then obviously what Skip Bayless has been known for hating on LeBron. For hating LeBron. He hated on Bronny, and Bronny's only a teenager. Like, yeah, what? So it's, it's kind of like you know the guy is weird. He's a weirdo and. You know, as someone who wants to work in sports media, Skip Bayless is everything that I don't want to be. Um, mm-hmm. Sellout. Uh, he's a character. Uh, you know, the dude's a weirdo, you know. So I, I hope. I won't hold you, though. His actions do bring in clicks and attention yeah, to media. It's, that's exactly what it is. But Though it's at successful. Some point, but at it, some point, it's kind of like. Are the clicks worth it? Especially in this situation. With the LeBron hating thing, I get that. I'm not really pressed on that. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, LeBron's the most popular basketball player in in the world. And one of the most popular, if not the most popular basketball player in the, or athlete in the United States. Um, and, you know, if you say something negative about someone that most people like or a lot of people dislike, it's going to get some clicks. With the DeMar yeah. Hamlin thing, like, what are you doing? Come on now. Uh, the the Dak Prescott's your brother passes away and then you call him soft. What are you doing? That's not clicks. That's just being you know a mean spirited individual. Uh, so yeah, Skip Bayless. I don't know what I think he's on Fox or whatever network he's on. He was on ESPN, but I think now he's on Fox or he was on Fox and now he's on ESPN. But that network needs to you know there needs to be some Take sort of action against it. Yeah, yeah like 
whether that's, you know, ending his show or putting the show on, you know, like a temporary leave or put him on temporary uh, absence or something, something needs to take place uh, because that's just not okay for you to, you know. Shannon Sharp is, um, he didn't show up to work. Yeah, for the first day. And then today he showed up, yesterday he didn't. But Mm -hmm. with what happened today, who knows if he shows up tomorrow. Like the whole environment in that, you know, studio has to be all messed up. Um, but besides that, besides what Skip Bayless said, at the end of the day, the message that everyone, you know, is pushing at the moment and that we are also pushing is pray for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, we pray for the best for his family, um, you know, as well being friends as well being. We all want to see him, you know, be OK, even if that means, you know, a, a big football game had to be canceled. There will be other football games, you know, other playoff games. You know, the season's not going to be over. We still have things to look forward to, but in this moment, um, the focus is obviously on, you know, his well-being. I also think this is going to light a fire for the Bills because, well, if I know anything about adversity for football, it sparks things. And last year, my team lost their head coach, lost our head coach, Mm -hmm. and it the other our running back coach or my running back coach had to step up as the you know interim head coach, Mm -hmm. so he filled in, led the team to the semifinals. Bam. Yeah, I definitely. What team does that? Yeah. And then this year, coach's first full season as the head coach, back to the semifinals. Yeah. And then there were also the previous head coach before the one that passed. He Mm. also passed away. Mm. So it hit him. And then one of my friends also passed away. He got shot. And Yeah. yeah. It, it it lights a fire, definitely. I think you worded it really well. You know, like, if, if you weren't rooting for the Bills before, I was kind of like, why? Like, they Buffalo in general has gone through a lot. Uh, historically, yeah. recently, you know, they go to four straight Super Bowls, they lose them. Um, they've never done anything where it was like, oh, I can't believe Buffalo did that. They're a pretty, you know, clean organization. Uh, I like. I have a lot of players on that team who I, I really like. You know, Stephon Diggs is a really cool dude. Uh, Josh Allen. Who on the is- team would you not let you get your daughter? Uh, you know, they got some guys who everyone likes. Vaughn Miller is someone who everyone really likes. You know, Ed Oliver, all those guys. Really cool team. Tredavious uh, White coming Tredavious back from the White. Like, there's nothing to not like out there. And then, you know, for this to happen, you you got to root for the dudes. Like, mm-hmm. they, might not, they might not be the team who I like. When you look at the stats and all of that, I think I'm going to win. But if mm-hmm. Buffalo won the Super Bowl, that would be just the best moment. In sports, um, whether Demar Hamlin is actively playing on the team or not, it would just be huge for you know the city, for his family. Um, obviously, you know, praying that he can, at the bare minimum, you know, get back to health and be alive and stay with us for the rest of his long life that he still has ahead of him. Um, if he could get back on the football field, that would be a, a legendary thing. And if that were to happen, you know. Comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year would have to be his. That's, that's him. He's got it. Um, shoot, rename the award after him at that point. Yeah. Uh, because no, there's nothing that's more adverse than a life or death situation on the field that he's experiencing right now. Um, that has lasted. It happened on Monday. It is what? Monday. It's Wednesday it's Wednesday. Now. He's still not sure what's going on fully. Um, and we probably won't know tomorrow either. So this yeah. is unparalleled. 
um, ever. It's just a crazy situation to even think about. And at the end of the day, you know, praying for prayers him, up for him. for him and rooting for Buffalo for the rest of the year. And that's all I can really say on I that. Mean, if I'd like to explain my um, Super Bowl prediction, that's why partially why I chose the Bills, because they overcoming adversity and mm-hmm. they'll handle it. They'll handle business. Yeah. I, I believe in them. I think they're a very good team. I, I just they're you know, also way past due. Yeah. Way past due. And as far as when we look at, you know, Super Bowl picks and playoff picks, we can transi- transition to that. Um, we do have some picks that we can make. Uh, there's like three games that we're not really able to make picks for because of the situation. Those being uh, Patriots, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, and uh, Patriots or Bengals, uh, Bills, obviously, because just the situation is kind of weird right now. But for the rest of the games, we can kind of talk about them and, and analyze how we think things are going to play out. Some games with some, you know, playoff implications and other games with not as much playoff implication. Um, I'm trying to pull up a the ESPN playoff picture website so we can make these picks. And hypothetically, if these games played out how we imagine them to play out, um, what our you know playoff matchups would be. So um, I'll I'll read off the names or read off the games and give you some context as to you know the playoff situation, um, if they're in a clinching scenario, anything like that. I'll start off with the two least relevant games that it really doesn't matter who wins: Saints at Panthers, uh, Colts at Texans. Both games, you know, snooze fests if we're being real. No playoff implication. Both teams really want to lose because, you know, he's higher draft pick. Um, so I, how do you see these games playing out? Um, For the Saints-Panthers, um, did you see their running – did you see the – did you see the Panthers running game last week? Forgot I did. They, against they, Detroit, they, I believe. Yeah, against Detroit. They ran all over them. So, yeah. I mean, Carolina – both of these teams can win games. It's really yeah. hard. It's not like these are like – bottom of the barrel teams. Panthers have been a little better than the Saints as of late, but they're around the same, you know, tier. They have similar records, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, I believe their records are almost exactly the same. Um Saints are currently six and ten. Or Saints are seven and nine. Panthers are six and ten. So it's it's near identical. I chose I'll choose the Panthers. I'm going to just, yeah, I'm going to choose. I'm just trying to think who's tanking harder. I think Carolina's tanking harder. True. It's hard. Like, I mean, it's. I mean, like, realistically, either way, the who wins doesn't matter um, in the long run. I'm going to just say Saints because I feel like the Panthers are tanking harder. They they want to get CJ Stroud if they can. So they're tanking a little bit harder. And then who's your QB one of the draft? My QB one is Bryce Young, no question. Okay. Colts at Texans is the other game that really does not matter. Um oh there's actually Colts. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go Indianapolis, I guess. Like either way it doesn't really matter. Texans. Honestly, maybe the Texans win it because I think they have the number one pick locked up or like it's really close pretty much like mm-hmm. 
they're a decent amount like farther from the uh second worst team. Houston is two and thirteen. Oh, oh technically God. no. Chicago is three and thirteen, and Justin Fields is not playing. So they probably want to Peterman starting. Yeah. You know, at yeah, they definitely want to lose that game. Yeah, they want to lose that game. I'm gonna just say Houston yeah. loses to Indianapolis. Um, that's what I'm gonna go with, I guess. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Third game that doesn't matter. Buccaneers right, at young future Texan. Buccaneers at Falcons doesn't matter at all. You know, like Bucks are locked into the seed. That four. the Bucks are gonna win it to get momentum. Yeah, I mean, with the Bucks, it's like, do you even play some of your guys? Like, I'm not playing Tom Brady in a game that doesn't matter. I'm sorry. He's 46. Like, just leave him on the bench. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Yeah. Trying to think. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I think that's all the games that don't matter at all. Um, Yeah. So, all of the games from this point on have some sort of playoff implication. I have that we have the Colts beating the Texans. Uh, We have the – I have the Saints beating the Panthers. You have the Panthers beating the Saints. At this point, I'm going to just put a tie because who really cares on who wins that matchup or not. And then um, I can see Tampa Bay winning. I can see Tampa Bay losing. Um, The Falcons are a fine team that can put up points. So, like, I'm not like – Does it affect their seeding? No, Tampa Bay's stuck at four no matter what happens. So either way, it doesn't really matter for okay. So I, I guess I'll go Tampa just because, you know, like you said, momentum is important. So maybe they do play some guys and they're like, let's get a win to end off the season really quick. Uh let's yeah. um another game that doesn't really it matters, but it's not really a great game. We have Rams versus uh Seahawks. Situation with this game, Seahawks win and you know, they have a chance at making the playoffs. If the Packers lose, uh, they play the Rams, who have been terrible this year. No really other way to cut it. The Rams just have not been very good. Uh, Seahawks have home field advantage. I'm pretty sure we'll both have the same pick. I have Seattle. Yeah, it's really not close. Seattle. I, Rams have nothing to play for. I mean, it is a division game, so maybe they're like, nah, let's beat the Seahawks because we don't want to see They don't even have any picks. So don't even yeah, it's like they don't have a draft yeah. pick to play for. So it's not like the Rams are really going to be tanking either. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, I'm going to still go Seattle just because I think they're the better football team. That'll put them at 9-8. and eight. Uh, But, you know, it, it's, you know, like it's not an interesting game at all. Out of all of them, it's one of the worst games of the day. Um, I mean, Gino might light him up. Who knows? Yeah, Gino will probably play really well. Uh, next game, like I'm trying to go in order of like least interesting. Um, I'll say this is probably the next least interesting. Minnesota at Chicago, not in, uninteresting in the way that it doesn't have playoff implications. Just because Justin Fields is now not playing, it's pretty clear who's going to win this game. I would like to think. Um, the situation. Yeah, no, I, I have the Vikings winning. But you have the Bears. Are you serious? No. <laughs> uh, for Minnesota, a win 
plus a San Francisco loss will move the Vikings up to the two seed. Um, obviously, they're coming off a really rough game, and they have two starting offensive linemen hurt after that game. Uh, so, you know, they it's still want to win. It's one of their tackles, right? Yeah, a tackle and an interior lineman. It's I don't I'm not good with lineman names, but they're missing two starters, which is never good. Uh, and they already struggle to run the football, so missing two yeah. linemen is never great. So uh, I'm gonna still say Minnesota wins it, obviously, because it's like you're playing to. They have not, more talent. Yeah, they're gonna beat Chicago, uh, even though Chicago's at home. It's just like you kind of really want to win this game to you know get a higher seed. Uh, for Minnesota, I know they don't want to play the Giants because they played the Giants and they really didn't play very well. And, you know, they'd much rather play a team like either Seattle or, you know, I mean. Green Bay. I don't know if they even want to play Green, Green Bay. Because they yeah. just lost them 40 to, th- to them yeah. 43. So it's kind of like they win the game, but, like, they're not going to be mad. I mean, either way, they're not going to be crazy happy with their matchup. Mm-hmm. Um the best game to go to after that is the game that will decide the hypothetical two seed Cardinals at uh, San Francisco. I think the starting quarterback for Arizona, that game is to be Trace McSorley. I think he started against Tampa. I don't know who's or not. Is it Trace McSorley? I think it is. Because Nathan Peterman is playing for Chicago. Yeah, it's Trace McSorley. Yeah, so it's not a good quarterback situation. Obviously, you know, San Francisco's quarterback situation on paper doesn't look spectacular. Who's Brock Purdy? Mr. Irrelevant. Never heard of this Bro, guy. Life, and he's been great uh, for, for you know, a third-string quarterback. He might be the GOAT. In a hand system. Yeah, it's, it's really not like Brock Purdy is an elite talent. It's just kind of like the talent is so good around him that there's not too much that he really needs to do. So I think the Niners need to utilize Ayuk more. Bro's on song. He's like, he's good, the offense but... is so deep. It's like, if you don't go to Debo, you go to Kittle. If you don't go to Kittle, you go to McCaffrey. If you don't go to McCaffrey, you go to Ayuk. And then, like, they got the, one of the best linemen in the league with Trent Williams, probably the best lineman in the league at this point. The team is just spectacular. And then you're not even talking about, their like. Their defense is disgusting. Yeah, their best. That's not even their best unit. Their best unit is their defense. <laughs> Nick Bosa has, like, 20 sacks this year, okay? like, And then they got Fred <laughs> Warner leading them. Right. Like, the team is spectacular. The only weakness is, like. They don't have the greatest cornerbacks, but, like, the pass rush is so good that it doesn't even matter. Uh, they have good safeties over top, though. Right. One in Talanoa, Hufanga, and Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward. I was going to say that. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's the starter, but who knows? Yeah. Um. Obviously, I think I'm taking San Francisco. They obviously yeah, want for the sure. as well, and it's a pretty easy matchup. Um. I honestly wonder, like, in this situation – if they were like, we're not going to play Brock Purdy, who's the quarterback? Because it's like they've already gone. McCaffrey. McCaffrey, McCaffrey just slides over. There's like, yeah, move over. No, there. I mean, we've seen that he can throw. <laughs> yeah, he might as well. I like. Yeah. They'll probably pick up someone on waiver wise. I'm trying to think who they could pick up. Shoot, pick up Kaepernick and just have him. Joe play. Flacco. Joe Flacco's on a roster. He's not even an. Oh, officer, that's true. So he's on New York, so we don't really have any options at quarterback. The best option got taken up by. You know, the Rams with Baker Mayfield and, you know, they lost anyway. So uh, with that being said, I think the last game we have as far as the Eastern or not the Eastern Conference, the NFC playoff picture, uh, we have two games actually that'll decide our final seating. We have Detroit at Green Bay, which would be the Sunday night game. Um, If Detroit wins, they're out like the way the game is scheduled. It doesn't really matter for Detroit unless L.A. loses 
or uh, I mean, unless Seattle loses, uh, essentially, if Seattle wins, Detroit is eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, and the only team that can make it would be Green Bay with a win. If Seattle loses to L.A., the winner of Packers-Lions will make the playoffs. We have the Lions or the Seahawks beating the Rams. So by the time it's Sunday night, the Lions know that, you know, they They're can't already out. Yeah. The thing that I'm a little like, you know, it's Dan Campbell. He's not going to be like, you know, a yeah. guy. He's not going to say, let's lose on purpose, guys. Yeah, let's get a higher draft pick, especially yeah. not the Packers of all teams. Like, that's yeah. your rival. That's your Dan Campbell is the type of person to just spark the fire under there yeah. and just want the win. He's like, you know, y'all don't want Green Bay in the playoffs. No one wants Green Bay in the playoffs. Um, but at the same time, you know, the Green Bay has been playing really good. They're a great football team. I mean, they're not a great football sure. team, but, like, they're playing they're, like a great football Christian team. Christian Watson is going crazy. You know, like they're both of these teams are really solid. I, I honestly, in my heart, feel like Detroit is a better football team. Um, so I low key want to pick them, but Lambeau, I want to pick Detroit. Yeah, at at Lambeau in a winner is in situation. You know, it just feels like such a Packers Aaron Rodgers thing to do to eliminate or to like beat Detroit to make the playoffs. I'm taking the Lions. I'm also. But we can. That. You can put the Packers down because realism, but I'm taking the Lions. Even realism, though, I think it's not like a for sure thing that the Packers beat the Lions. I honestly think that the Lions have a really good chance of beating this game. The only thing that makes me a little more like, oh, I'm picking Packers is the home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to look at the last time these two teams played, and I, I'm pretty sure it was a, a decent, you know, game. And I honestly think. The Lions won that game anyway, so. Uh, it's hard to beat a team twice in football. Yeah, it is very hard to beat a team twice in football. Let's see. It's not showing me the game, but I'm I'm pretty confident the 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 Lions won the first time they played. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Detroit. I think that's the team I just feel a little bit more confident in at the moment, even if, you know, they'll know they're not playing for a playoff spot. Detroit won 15-9. Yeah, it was November 6th. Okay, it was earlier on in the season, but, you know, they show they can beat them, and Detroit's offense has been very good all year. So, Extremely put well. Point. So, I'm going to take Detroit. I think you said you're also taking Detroit. Yes. In the last game, that arguably has the most playoff implication, which is a little weird. Uh, one seed Philadelphia at 13-3 and three <laughs> is playing the six-seeded Giants uh, at 9-6-1. and one. Uh, this playoff, this game only has playoff implications for one team involved as the Giants win or lose are stuck at six. We can't move up. We can't move down. We are at six and we are playing the three seed regardless away from home um, for Philly. This has extreme playoff implications as if they lose, they move down to the suit, the two seed. Um, and that's assuming, oh, wait, actually, let's not even go to this game. I completely forgot about Dallas. Cowboys commanders. Yeah, yeah that's. That's what makes that game important. So I think obviously Dallas wins it. They're trying to yeah. win. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much. Washington's eliminated. Uh, they're not really playing for anything at the moment. Honestly, they really want to lose to get that record down a little bit. Get that quarterback. Yeah, if they can, we'll see. Um, but now back to Giants Eagles. If the I'm Eagles taking the Giants. Win, Eagles win. They remain the one seed. San Fran would be the two seed in our situation. Uh, 
uh, Dallas would stay at five. If they lose, San Francisco becomes the one seed. Dallas wins the division and is the second seed, and Philly falls to five. Philly would go from the one seed to a wild card team, um, and they would be playing Tampa Bay away from home. Um, That's crazy. I, I, the Giants have already gone out and said that they're not resting their starters. That's what it seems like Brian Dable has said, even though there's no playoff implication for us. So it seems like they're going to still play their starters. Uh, I don't recall if Jalen Hurts is going to be back or not. Um, I would hope so. But even if he is back, he was put, he was placed as limited, uh, a limited participant in the Eagles practice. It's his shoulder, right? Yeah, it's his shoulder. So that's kind of not something you want to play with when it comes to like you really the only way to recover is by resting. Yeah, and it's like it sucks because this game has so much playoff implication for them, but it's also like, is the reward worth the risk? Like, is it that much better to I mean, obviously having home field advantage for every single playoff game and having a week, a bye week, um, that'll allow Jalen Hurst to be more healthy. But it's like even if you end up the five seed, you're playing Tampa Bay. I You're beating Tampa Bay. I'm pretty confident you're beating Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, you don't get the rest, but, you know, is it worth potentially messing up Jalen Hurts' shoulder to the point where it's like you guys have no chance at winning anything in the playoffs because he's injured and he's out? I don't know. Um, same thing can be said with the Giants, though, because it's like, do you want to play all of your guys when you guys are already kind of banged up as is? Uh, me personally, it's just a tough situation for both teams. I think for me personally, I'm taking Philly, even though, you know, I love the Giants. Those are my guys. I'm glad we're in the playoffs. Philly really needs to win this game. The Giants don't. I think, um, what Dable is referring to when he talks about, you know, I'm going to play as the starters for the first half. Yeah. Not the whole game. Philly, if the game is close, they're playing their starters until they have a comfortable lead and they're going to get the ones, um, you know, for New York, we play the starters, you know, some of the starters the first half, give them some reps. Maybe Saquon doesn't play. He's the one guy who I'm kind of like, please don't play him because he has an injury history. He's a bruising running back who's also elusive. He does a little bit of both. But, like, you know, let's not get him banged up before a playoff game where we're going to need him. We're going to need to rely on him a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I think what we're going to see is the Giants play their starters in the first half, maybe make it a close game. Um and then at the time the second half starts, you know, they'll probably start benching guys and the Eagles will come come away within the end because they need it more. Um, so with that being said, our playoff seating, I think there's no other playoff matchup that matters in the NFC. Uh, yeah, I think we actually did all the NFC games. We did all of them. Yeah. First seed would be Philadelphia. They would have a bye week. And the wild card games for the NFC would be the seven-seeded Seattle Seahawks taking on the second-seeded San Francisco 49ers, uh, the six-seeded Giants taking on the Minnesota Vikings, or the third-seeded Vikings, and fifth-seeded Dallas versus the fourth-seeded Buccaneers. Uh, one thing that's funny, all of these games have happened, I'm pretty sure, this year. Pretty sure Dallas played Tampa earlier this season. Giants just played Minnesota. Seattle and San Francisco play every year twice. Uh, so it's going to be some rematches. All of these teams are going to have film on each other. Uh, one thing that is interesting, as bad as Tampa Bay has played, Tom Brady has literally never lost to the Cowboys in his 20-year career. So No, because, uh, like, the Cowboys are, like, 0-7 against Tom Brady. Yeah, they, and then, they like, don't They're lose. 0-8 in playoffs recently. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Historically, it doesn't look like Dallas is going to win. Uh, yeah. But, you know... I know that because my friend's wise, a Cowboy fan. You know, 
matchup wise, I'm taking Dallas, no question. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, you just got to look out for that. Historically, Tom doesn't lose to Dallas, but history gets made every day. So, as for the AFC, it's a little more cloudy because of the game that got you know, uh, what's it called? Postponed. Postponed. So we'll try and figure out things as much as we can. First game is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders have played themselves out of a playoff spot. Um, you know, in the, in the starting. Like, yeah, Derek Carr's not playing anymore. Uh, what's it called? Obviously, this has been a really weird season for Oakland or oof, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. You know, you have the game where you're up 20 on the Cardinals and you lose. Uh, We're up 20 and, multiple times going into halftime, then blowing the lead, not yeah. putting up any points. And then you um, have questionable throws, yeah. um, overthrows on the run, um, forcing the ball to Devontae, um, colliding receivers, um, not feeding Josh Jacobs, um, not picking up his fifth-year option, um, anything else. Um, yeah. Oh, a terrible defense. Did I mention terrible corners? We've been needing corners. Um, oh, injured injured. Denzel Perryman. Oh, Chandler Jones. We signed him for what? He's been he's done nothing this whole year. Um, Max Crosby. He's just be running around and stuff. Um, that's it. Yeah, the team has been bad. And then you have like the brightest spot of you guys this season has literally been that play or that game against New England, where you guys really probably wouldn't have won if it went to overtime. So, you know, oh, the lousy pick six. Yeah, the the lousy pick six. So I think we're both taking Kansas City. Obviously, <laughs> Kansas City, they're playing for the one seed. If they win, um, they have a good chance at getting it, assuming, you know, depending on what goes on with the Bills in the next few weeks, uh, Kansas City is playing for the one seed. You know, nothing else to really talk about there. Let's see. Um, all of these games in the a- AFC, I realize have a – I think all of them have playoff implication, which is really weird. Um, another game that's, you know – pretty straightforward is Jaguars at Tennessee. Tennessee Jags. is terrible. I'm taking the Jags. Uh, Tannehill's Trevor not- Lawrence is on a tear. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Last time I watched Tennessee, they had Joshua Dobbs starting. Malik Willis just didn't look good in the games he played. Derrick Henry didn't play against <laughs> Dallas last week. He's injured. So, yeah, so no Derrick Henry, he, no Ryan. He returned Jones. to practice this week, though, I think. Or today. Yeah. He's not playing. So, yeah. I'm taking Jacksonville. Jacksonville already beat Tennessee with those guys, so there's literally no reason for them to lose. If Jacksonville wins, they would make the playoffs. If Jacksonville loses, Tennessee makes the playoffs. So, you know, when you're in, I'm taking Jacksonville uh, to take, you know, the AFC South crown, which has been one of the worst divisions in football this year. Four-seed. Four-seeded Jags. Um, Next game, we have... The I'm a, let's talk about the Jets. Actually, no, let's talk about the Browns at the Steelers. Cleveland is not playing for anything, eliminated from the playoffs. Pittsburgh with Steelers a win. are in contention, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh with a win and a Patriots loss and a what's the other team's loss? Miami Dolphins loss will make the playoffs. It's surprisingly more likely than you would think for a team to have to have two teams lose. Just because the matchups play out in their favor so well. Um, for New England, they're playing Buffalo. Buffalo clearly still has something to play for. They're playing for the one seed. They're probably looking to win that game. Uh, and then for Miami, Miami also has something to play for. But Miami... They don't have Tua. 
They don't have Tua. And they don't have Teddy Bridgewater. Net. Bridgewater just got injured this morning. Yeah, I don't know who's playing quarterback for him. Um, the, they're playing the Jets, who, who are a good team. It's not like Miami's playing, you know, the Colts, and they have a, a good The Jets matchup. have a great defense. Yeah, so it's going to be rough. And honestly, we can do all of these games in bunches. I have the Steelers making the playoffs at, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it works out in their favor too well. Miami, no Tua, no Teddy Bridgewater. It's it's really hard to win with your third string quarterback against, you know, one of the best defenses in the league. Obviously, you know, Brock Purdy is literally on a tear right now and he's a third string quarterback, but it's not gonna happen. It's different because it's Kyle Shanahan and this one's Mike McCarthy. It's way different, you know. You can only be Shanahan up to a certain level. Right. To where you're not him. Like, yeah, it's I just think, you know, the Jets are going to want to win this game. They've already beat the Dolphins without Tua before by, like, 20 points. So uh, it's it's not something that the Jets are, aren't prepared for. They've already beat this team before in the same situation. I'm not sure. I mean, it's still a chance that Tua plays. They might push him to play knowing the Dolphins. I wouldn't uh, play him. It says most. Hey, let's talk update. about let's talk about referees after all of this stuff for sure. Because uh, I want to talk about them. Tua's situation is a little weird, and when we talk about the quarterback situation, his will be a little bit you know interesting just because of his situation specifically. But you know, he's not playing. I would hope he's not playing. I hope they don't yeah. play. Uh, take your L, miss the playoffs if that's what it's got to be. Just don't risk his long term health because he's already had two concussions. It's not that deep. Just don't play him. I mean, it's the same thing. The same thing happened to Luke Keekley, right? He had like three concussions in a season and he just retired. Yep. You'd like concussions are nothing to play around with. Yeah. Serious injury, you know, don't want to mess around with a concussion. Um, so, yeah, I have the Jets beating Miami. And as for the Patriots Bills game, like I said, Buffalo is playing for the one seed. They're going to want to win that one seed. They uh, also have a fire under them. Yeah, there's there's a motivation to win that game. As for the Steelers and Browns, the Browns just they're not playing for anything. It's in their best interest to lose. Um and it's in Pittsburgh's best interest to win. So, I think the Browns aren't going to play many of the starters. I don't really expect a lot of guys to play. Pittsburgh's trying to win and I think they will and that will mean Mike Tomlin will continue to not have a losing season ever. Um so yeah, he's going to get it done. They'll be in the playoffs as the seven seed. And, you know, that kind of wraps up what we can predict, like, accurately. For Ravens-Bengals, it's a little weird. The big thing with that game is it decides if Baltimore is the fifth seed or the sixth seed. Um, with a Chargers win over Denver and a Ravens it, as long as the Chargers win, they retain the five seed. If the Chargers lose, a Ravens win will make them the five seed. Uh, Ravens will be playing Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is in a weird situation because we don't know how that game was going to play out. But hypothetically, if Cincinnati would have won, they would have had a really good shot at getting the one seed um, as they would have beat the Chiefs and they would have beat the Bills. And I think they would have actually got it. Um, Question comes down to if Lamar's okay. Yeah, it, it will be an interesting game because, you know, it's a division game. Both teams have playoff implication. It really just comes down to that that game if we ever see it or if it gets forfeited as a tie or something. Um, I think, you know, 
hypothetically, let's just say the it gets called as a tie. I think the Ravens have a little bit more urgency to win the game. I think the Bengals feel good regardless of who they're playing, um, Chargers or Ravens. And you know, for the I think, Chargers case, though, I think the Chargers it's a must win. It's yeah. the Broncos. Yeah, you better beat D- Denver. And like, yeah. at the end of the day, I think the Chargers would also much rather play Jacksonville than they would play Cincinnati. So for sure, there's a lot more urgency for them to win that game. So I think the Chargers win and the Ravens win. But that at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because it would cancel out. Baltimore would remain the sixth seed. The Chargers would play Jacksonville. Uh, at the five seed, Pittsburgh will play Buffalo at the seven and two seeds, and Kansas City would get the bye. It's a little janky in the AFC just because of what's going on right now, so it's kind of hard to, you know, say. Uh, but you know, for the most part, I think this is a pretty realistic way that things will play out. I think the Jacksonville thing is for sure. I think that's pretty much how it's going to play out, and I think the Pittsburgh thing is also really likely. Um, for sure. And those are the two, you know biggest playoff implications as far as everything else it really just comes down to seeding it really has nothing to do with who's in and who's out um so i think for the most part we know that kansas city buffalo cincinnati jacksonville los angeles baltimore and either pittsburgh or if i have to give a a secondary team as to who i think is going to make it new england like it's it's not going to be the Dolphins. Um, either those teams are going to be in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to lock in the Steelers in that case. I think I'm going to as well. There's just way more, you know. The Patriots need so much more to happen. Yeah, the Patriots literally just need to win. But it's just like the Bills. They they have much more urgency to win the game than the Browns do. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I think that's a pretty realistic way for things to play out. Past that, um, when you look at this playoff, you know, bracket, especially in the AFC, is really interesting because of, like, the disparity in quarterback play from the NFC to the AFC is insane. You have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, if healthy, and Kenny Pickett. And then you have Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, and Dak Prescott. Like, the Hooray! The, the drasticness and, like, quarterback play from the NFC to the AFC is is insane. And this season has had a very big emphasis on quarterback play. A lot of guys have played below expectations, above expectations. And I did want to take some time to quickly uh, go over, you know, each team's quarterback situation. And if you hypothetically were that team, what you're doing. Um, we could start off with the easy ones because there's clearly teams that there's no decision to be made. So Chiefs we'll start keep, off in the Bills AFC. Keep, Bengals keep. Yeah. We'll start off in the AFC. Like Cincinnati, Joe Burrow staying. You yeah. know, Buffalo, Josh Allen staying. Kansas City, Los Stay. Angeles. All those guys are staying. Yeah. It gets a little interesting with for the For Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, he's staying. I'm keeping yeah, Trevor, him. Trevor is staying. The only team that has a really good quarterback out there who it's like interesting is Lamar, just because they weren't willing to pay him before, but it's kind of like, Dude, pay the guy. He's won an MVP. He's one of the most sure. explosive quarterbacks that there is. People try and say he can't throw the ball. The dude can throw the ball, and he can run it better than anyone else. So he might not be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen when it comes to throwing the ball, but he still gets it there. Arm. 
gets it there. And it's not even like he's a bad passer. He's a he's a pretty solid dude. And he hasn't played with the best, you know, weapons around him. Obviously, he's had one of the best tight ends in the NFL. But receiver-wise, it's been pretty rough. Uh, so I think you got to bring him back. Um, next team that I think is a little interesting is Miami. And Miami is weird because it's like, it's not they don't have a fine quarterback. The question is, does Tua come back to playing football next year? Like, I think there's a very real discussion to be had about the there's possibility. a scenario where he retires. Yeah, like you at that point, like maybe you step away from the game. Like it's not worth it to potentially risk shut, your cut, life. Yeah, cut your life short by multiple decades to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this isn't like. Well, in the Miami situation, you need to find, like, a reliable backup. I think that's something they need to address. I don't know who it would be, but maybe, you know, you find someone who ends up available to just be there in case Tua doesn't come back or something happens to Tua. But in the Tua case, what do you you think you would do? I think it's easier for us to say because you're not the one, you know, giving up your career and millions of dollars, but – well, first off, if I'm the head coach, benching Tua for the rest of the season. Even postseason? If we make the play. Um, I think for the regular season, I think that's – For the regular season, yeah. shut him down for the regular season. And then for the postseason, it depends. It. See how he's doing. If he's going to say he's okay, yeah. get him checked out anyways. Readdress it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's easy for one to say, oh, yeah, I feel fine. You know? Yeah. Like and he's gonna want game. to play. He's gonna too. want to play yeah. in a playoff game. He's gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm good. Let me get on the field." Uh, yeah. But you know, if he's clearly not all there. You have to stop him. You, you can't do it. I don't know how you could like sleep at night knowing that you you put a man You're, in harm's way. Yeah, his life. Um, already past that. You know, I don't want to say like he already probably has CTE, but like, come on now, two concussions in the span of like four or five weeks is not a good look. So, you know, you you can't play him against New York. If they play him against New York, there needs to be some sort of discussion with the NFL and Miami or just everyone in the NFL because there's no way he should be playing in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Tua, it's hard for me to say what I would do, but I mean, like, it's a it's a very real discussion that needs to be had about like stepping away. It's I think that's yeah. what's best for him, just for his for the long term. That's what's best. And it's not like he can't still be around football. I feel like he could do. You know, I haven't heard a lot from Tua as far as personality wise. I don't know if he could do play by play or commentary like a lot of guys do, like Robert Griffin does. But he has a very more electric personality. Um, you know, Tom Brady has a deal lined up to do anal- analysis. I don't know what he could do. I'm sure he could do something football related that's better for his health. Uh, so me personally, I think just knowing how dangerous CTE is, I would probably step away from the game. That's just me. Um, obviously, you're, it's millions of dollars, but you know, I'm sure he can make is that it up. worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's Shoot, he could be a high school quarterback coach. Who knows? Yeah, like there's a lot of things he could do. Um, in this AFC East, we can stay with another team that has an interesting quarterback case, Mac Jones in New England. Uh, his case is a little weird because it's kind of like they don't have a good offensive coordinator, and it's also already very well known that Mac Jones is he has a ceiling, 
but he also has a pretty high floor. It's like you're not going to be the worst team in the NFL with Mac Jones, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's just a solid, you know, game manager quarterback, which isn't a bad thing. Um, for New England, what are you doing? I mean, he's he's unhappy with the play calling. Yeah, that's clear. He said it himself. And they have a defensive coordinator yeah. as an offensive coordinator, so it's kind of like it's pretty terrible yeah. situation to be in. Like, if I was Mac Jones, I would want out. And then I don't know why they drafted Bailey Zapp. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, I was kind of thrown off by that. <laughs> quarterback. And then didn't they start him for like two games? Well, I think Mac Jones got hurt in a game, and then Bailey Zapp played good. Uh, and the next game, they started Bailey Zapp, and then they're like, yeah, they put no. Mac back in. Yeah. yeah, they're like, this guy's really actually not that good. <laughs> um, he he had a good game, but no, he's yeah. actually not that good. I see why he was a six round quarterback prospect. Yeah. Uh, I think, but if, I don't know. I think they keep him for now. Get him. Try and get him some weapons. See what he. Can yeah. I think he's a fine guy. Like, they're, yeah. they're also too good to the point where they're not going to get any of the top quarterback prospects. They're yeah, not going to yeah. get Will Levis. Definitely not getting Bryce Younger, uh, CJ Stroud. Maybe Anthony Richardson, if they want to take a chance on that guy. But he's not really a Belichick type of prospect, and he's not yeah. someone who's ready to play. So, um, I think Mac Jones is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots going into next season, um, unless they sign a free agent. Unless maybe Tom Brady goes back to New England. This that year's free agency class is quarterback heavy. Yeah, they got Lamar, Tom if he doesn't retire, and then who Derek knows? Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr, who's not very good. Um, the only team in the AFC East, other than Buffalo, who has yes. for sure like they need to do something at quarterback is New York. And it's not for the we need to keep this guy, it's for the we need to get rid of this guy. Mike White, Zach Wilson, not gonna work. You gotta find someone. I don't know who it is or what they're gonna do. Oh, uh, the Dolphins signed Mike Glennon this morning. My fault. Forgot okay, about so that. Mike Glennon will yeah. be the starting quarterback against the New York Jets. Um that's very reassuring now. I'm definitely changing my pick. Mike I, Glennon. I got Mike Glennon and Tyreek Hill beating a top 10 Jets defense in a week 18 game. Um, but yeah, for the Jets, you got to get rid of Zach Wilson. There's no way he's the starter. Um, sure. His confidence is shot, and he plays in New York. New Yorkers off are the field drama. Oh yeah, and he's—I don't know what they were thinking drafting him. Yeah, he. I mean, like, I. Do you know why his stock just suddenly rose? I don't. I remember they, his stock suddenly rising, but I was still. No, it was like, rose because he made one good throw at pro day. Oh, I remember that. They were gassing up that one yeah. throw for the long time. That one throw at Pro Day. And they were That's like, what hyped yeah, him up. Pro Day. We're going to say exactly yeah. When, to me, I thought Justin Fields was clearly the number two quarterback. Yeah. Clearly Lawrence. Then Lawrence, was Lance in that class too? It was. Lance was Lawrence, in that class. Lance Fields. Yeah. I still was like Lawrence Fields, then maybe <laughs> Lance. But obviously Lance has really good upside, so they took Lance. I wasn't really mad about that. But Zach Wilson's over. Zach Wilson over Justin Fields, terrible pick. You know, it's going to go down as one of the, the worst picks. Maybe not ever because we still got to see how these other quarterbacks pan out. But <laughs> even if you didn't take a quarterback, there was value that was there. And, they, they yeah. and you know, teams miss. It, it happens to the best drafting teams ever. Uh, but you got to address the situation because, you know, you have a playoff-ready team, I feel like. Really good defense. You know, Garrett Wilson has been a very They need to get that offense player. straight. They just got to find that quarterback. quarterback. They got Brees Hall. They got um, – They Zachary have a good Knight. running back room. They got um, – Something Knight. Uh, Z, 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 Z. 
the night, but he's very solid. He's also a rookie as well. They have a lot of guys on rookie contracts. So Zonovan, Zonovan Knight. Zonovan, Zonovan. Zonovan Knight. Yeah, him. They also have James Robinson. James Robinson. Um, they have a very Michael Carter. Solid, very solid running back room. Um, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. All of these guys are young. They literally just need a quarterback, and they're not good enough to draft anyone this year, unfortunately. Um, again, I'm not bad enough. Take a shot at like Anthony Richardson or something, but they're going to have to go through free agency or trade. And I don't know who that would be, but I think we're both in consensus that Zach Wilson is the starting starting quarterback. Yeah. And Mike White shouldn't be either. He's been good for a backup, but he's a backup still. Uh, moving down to the AFC West, Kansas City, Los Angeles, it's locked up. Denver, it's locked up, but not because of the players' play. It's just like they can't really trade Russell Wilson. It's not possible. Um, The only team that, you know, has a quarterback controversy is the Raiders. Obviously, Jarrett Sidham is – Don't my opinion. Don't worry. Derek Carr is gone, it seems like. Well, the situation with Derek Carr is that, you know, he's he got an extension – but it doesn't kick in until February. So by February, they need to decide if they're going to cut him or if they're going to trade him or if he's going to be the quarterback because he has an extension that hasn't kicked in yet. What are you doing in that situation? Hold on. He sucks. Yeah, I think that's fair. He hasn't been good. And they, I think the thing with a lot of quarterbacks is you you stick with them. Until it's rough, though, the, because Devontae signed to the Raiders because of his to, best friend. Yeah, to be with Derek Carr. And now he's about yeah. to be with... I don't even know. I mean, you guys do have a good draft pick. Uh, I'm pretty no, sure. You guys... No, oh, you guys... no, you guys do. You guys still have your pick. We don't. Yeah, you guys we are don't... at eight. You guys didn't trade it to Green Bay. Oh. Which is oh, crazy. I we traded it to Green Bay. No, you guys didn't trade it to Green Bay. You oh, guys have your okay. pick. Oh, you guys did trade it first? I don't Wait, believe so it. We... Did, we... did we trade the future, like, the next year then? It, it has to be a first. You guys traded it first. I don't think it was this year. Because I know it was like multiple. It was it like multiple first. I yeah, I know you guys. I, I could have sworn it was multiple first. Yeah. But either way, you guys have the eighth pick. You guys are kind of in territory to maybe get a quarterback. You know, I'm looking at the teams ahead of you that would draft a quarterback. Houston is going to take one. Uh, Indianapolis is probably going to take one. And then past that, Detroit. And. Maybe Atlanta, if they're just like, yeah, Desmond Ritter is probably not going to work out, but they haven't really given him a fair amount of time before I would do that. Uh, so maybe you guys have a chance at a Will Levis or a, you know, yeah, Will Levis. Maybe that's who's in Oakland next year. Um, what do you, are you looking at the draft? Are you looking at an established quarterback? What are you thinking? I'm looking at the draft. We need to blow it up. Something. It's. I mean, it's tough to say though because the only bright part of the team is Max Crosby. I don't want him to just rot in Vegas. Yeah. You know? Because we pretty much got rid of that whole twenty class, twenty one class. It don't even matter who we picked because they're all bums. Mm-hmm. Wait, are they bums? They are. Yeah, you yeah. guys didn't. Get I can't one, even I, think of them off the top guys, of my head. I remember you guys' yeah, first yeah. round pick was like the most insane reach ever. You guys drafted like Alex Leatherwood. He was like an O lineman who was not yeah. projected to go in the first round. So exactly, he was projected to go in like. The, the second and third. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was not a good pick. And yeah. I don't think he played good either. So it was just like, yeah, you guys you guys missed. Um, and then I think we also drafted Damon Arnett in that class. Not good. Yeah. It's not been a good – oh, yeah. you. I think everyone in that class is, like, is not oh. on the team anymore. 
Yeah. We traded Jonathan Abram earlier in the – no, we didn't trade him. We waived him. Packers picked him up. He's going to go to the playoffs. And he, he could have been in Oakland but or Vegas, but, you know, yeah. Raiders. I don't, well, is he going to make the playoffs? We'll see. We'll yeah, see if they win. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Vegas has to, you know, move on, I think. I don't think – It's the tough Raptors situation. Raptors? Raptors. Like, you guys are just kind of mid. Yeah. No, not rap- Wizards there. Wizards. Kind of there. Just mid. Like, there's no clear yeah. future. There's no, like, okay, this team can just tank. Because you guys signed so many guys and you're paying so many guys. Darren Waller got paid. Devontae got paid. Chandler Jones got paid for some reason and it has not been good. Um, no, he was just injured. Yeah, he's been injured. He didn't and do anything. He is playing. He's not really doing much. But Yeah. Um, he got a pick six against the Patriots. And that's his, like, <laughs> Season highlight is that Season one highlight. Uh, yeah, I think you guys got to move on. That's all I'm going to say on yeah. it. Cincinnati has Joe Burrow. He's safe. Baltimore has Lamar Jackson. They either need to bring him back or I guess they got to find a new quarterback. Uh, Cleveland has Deshaun Watson. That's safe because they did so much to get him there. The only team that kind of has some sort of talk is Kenny Pickett. But like, I think keep him. But by the looks of it right now, they have no issues with him. Yeah, he's been okay. He hasn't been, yeah. you, know, you know, the most elite talent ever. I mean, he's definitely improved from the beginning of the season, though. Yeah, he's, sure. he's been decent. He's been all right. You know, he's not been, you know, elite, but he's got them to the playoffs and maybe one offseason, you know, in Tomlin's, you know, camp and all that will get him somewhere. But they're also not really in a position to draft a top quarterback. So, you know, I think Kenny Pickett is probably the quarterback. AFC yeah. South is probably the most interesting. Trevor Lawrence is staying. Tennessee, I don't think they draft a quarterback. I don't think they sign a quarterback. I think Tannehill comes back. but it's They just like, keep Tannehill and then they draft talent. Yeah. Uh, Indianapolis is obviously looking to draft a quarterback. This whole bringing a veteran to just come in and start has not worked. Bringing yeah. a retirement home quarterback. Jacoby Brissett was one, then they brought in Phillip Rivers, then it was Carson Wentz, and now it's Matt Ryan, and none of them have worked out. Nick Foles, too. So they just bring in guys because they feel like they're, you know, a quarterback away, and then we're going to be good. Like it's, Quarterbacks you know, with the rich histories. Yeah. It, it's like you guys got to find your your guy. And they had their guy with Andrew Luck, and he retired. So sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, the team who's going to be taking a quarterback, Houston. Texans. No, they, they're taking Bryce Young. Yeah. Philadelphia is keeping Jalen Hurts. I would hope that'd be kind of crazy if they just let him go. Dallas is keeping Dak. New York is interesting because you know they said to keep him. Yeah, it said that they're going to bring back Daniel Jones. Um, I don't know if you have any strong feelings about this one way or the other, but I know that um, I've been kind of up and down with Daniel Jones, and I think you know as poorly as his past seasons have gone. I think this just goes to show, like, what we've learned in Daniel Jones's rookie contract is that he's not Josh Allen, he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Tom Brady, he's not going to be Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, any of those guys. You know, he's going to be Mac Jones, he's going to be Alex Smith, he's going to be Joe Flacco at best. Like, he's not going to be a, a ceiling raiser, he's just going to be a good, you know, floor floor raiser. He raises your floor. That's, he's that's definitely awesome. improved though from his past yeah. two seasons. He, this is his so best that's season. Great. He's but he's also had better coaching, you know, a better offensive line, and he's done it. He's played really well with no receivers like that. 
uh, Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James are not guys who, you know, anyone really was talking about before the season started. If you look at his stats this year, it, you know, it's decent. It's it's all right. You know, he's he's been pretty good this year. 3,000 yards. Oh, no, that was his rookie year. 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. Most notable thing, only five interceptions. He's limited the turnovers. He's playing within a system that's based on the run game, and he can do that really well. He's not going to – I mean, he played it good against Indianapolis, but most nights he's not going to win us a game. But it'll be really solid. We found our Alex Smith. We just got to determine what the ceiling is with Daniel Jones. And then once we've reached that ceiling and we've built a roster that's really good around him, let's go get our guy. And that's what's been done in other teams. You know, Kansas City had Alex Smith, who I think is a good comparison for all those years. And then they were like, okay, this is all we can be with Alex Smith. Drafted Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, we developed him for a year. And then then they were like, and then another team that did it. I'm trying to think. Um, San Francisco this year, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, got to the Super Bowl with him. They were like, okay, you know what? He has some limitations. We're not going to be able to win one with him. They drafted Trey Lance. Obviously, that situation is a little bit weird, but, you know, they still made a move to get their guy. That's what I think the Giants are looking to do. So that's where I'm at. Washington. And it's the correct way to do it, too. Yeah, it is. It's working for the Chargers. They have that. They banged that quarterback. Yeah. You know, like. It's just, I think it's going to work out well for the Giants. For Washington, it's a little weird because they currently draft 14, so they're kind of a little bit farther out of the the quarterback race, again, unless they want to reach or take a Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or something like that. I Uh, think they are going to take him, though, just for the best available. Yeah, I think they're going to take a quarterback in the draft, realistically. I think, like, Heineke is fine as a backup, but as a starting quarterback, it's not going to work out. He's not a starter. And then Carson Wentz is not really a, a good starter either. So uh, let's see. That does it for the NFC East. NFC West. San Francisco is interesting. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy. That's three I guys. Think they stay. They keep. You think all three? Or they keep. I think someone has to go. I don't think you keep. They could three. try and they can trade Garoppolo for some value because I know there are teams that are looking for a quarterback. For a starting quarterback. Yeah. Maybe Garoppolo for the him. Jets or something yeah. like that. They can definitely trade him there. Get a pick so out of it. Who knows? Move forward with Purdy and Lance. Yeah. I'd like that. And then that. they just battle it out to see who's a starter. Yeah. Because we, we, we've already seen what Garoppolo can do, what he can develop into. He's already developed. He's yeah, I think, Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo would be perfect for a team like the Jets, where it's just like, we have everything around him. Away. Yeah. You can just play good to a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl, but he'll be, you know, he'll be stable. He can do what he can Besides, do. Besides, they have Robert Sala there. He was... Coaching with Shanahan yeah, I think that it works yeah. out perfectly if he goes to New York. Yeah. Um, for Seattle, Gino is expiring. I'm pretty sure keep, he's played so well. Keep, I think you've got to pay keep, up. Keep keep Gino. Uh, Thirty for thirty Rams, goes hard. Oh yeah. For the Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford is under contract, so they can't really do anything. They don't have a pick, so they also don't have any money. Yeah, so uh, they don't really have a choice. Keep Matthew Stafford. Arizona is interesting because Kyler did get injured, and he also didn't play spectacular this year. They're also having some coaching issues. I think Arizona still does keep Kyler Murray. Um, They do have a top four pick, but it would just be kind of weird if they took a quarterback with that pick. I think they keep him because they drafted Kyler one at 19 class. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to draft a quarterback now. And he's like been, if anything, dropped other a receiver. Than this year. I mean, I don't know. Do they? What? Who do you think they draft? 
probably defense, I guess, like best available. They just take the talent. I don't think they reach for a position yeah. with how bad they are. Like, I think they just take best available, which would probably be a defensive player at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's everyone in NFC North, right? Yeah, that's all of them. In, or NFC West, my bad. NFC, NFC North. West. We need North and South now. Vikings at Kirk Cousins. I think he's safe. He's like the most average. Yeah. Like he's like borderline pro bowler, but like borderline get rid of this guy. Uh, <laughs> Detroit is interesting because earlier in the year it was like, yeah, they're gonna probably get one of these top guys, but they've played so good as of late that they've kind of played themselves out of a. That's reliant to their run game. So I yeah. think they're gonna draft some defense because they're lacking in that. It's and Aiden also, Hutchinson is defensive player. I'm kidding. He, it's also like really interesting because they do have a Rams pick. I forgot about the Rams pick. So they pick at six and they pick at 17. So let's assume Houston takes Bryce Young. Chicago doesn't take a quarterback. <laughs> Seattle doesn't take a quarterback. Arizona probably doesn't take a quarterback. Uh, Indianapolis probably takes a quarterback, whether that's Will Levis or CJ Stroud. Detroit can get the remainder, the, the other guy, if they want to. Jerry Goff has played good, though. So it's kind of like. If they get Will Levis, they could do it, but I would much rather take defense because that is more of a need right now. Definitely. A cornerback to team up with Jeff Okuda or something. You know, there's other ways to do it. I don't think they're as needy to take a quarterback this year, although they do have the two picks and they can. Don't uh, sleep on Amarni or Warrior. Yeah, they they got dudes. They got dudes. Um, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like, He's safe. I don't think they get rid of Aaron Rodgers, but the thing is Aaron Rodgers might request a, request a trade. So then it's kind of like, yeah. is he safe from Aaron Rodgers' perspective? And in that situation, they're not really in a position to draft anyone. Um, what pick do they have? 16. Uh, they're after all of the teams that would be drafting a quarterback, yeah. pretty much. Carolina, Vegas, Atlanta, Detroit, I Indy, mean, Houston. If they do, if they do a trade, they could trade him away for something and then eventually sign someone in free agency, hoping someone falls. Yeah, but maybe. then that would be a tough situation. And the roster is not amazing to the point where they could bring in some other quarterback and be just as good. Aaron Rodgers is a big part of that team. He levels. He brings them up. Yeah. Uh, last team in the NFC North is Chicago. They're not drafting a quarterback. He- Justin Fields has been pretty, really good as a runner. And then as a passer, he's getting there. NFC South. Is weird because literally all of these teams might need a quarterback. Saints need a quarterback. Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, not going to work out. Both of them are backup level quarterbacks. Carolina, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, whoever they got playing, no. Tampa Bay, Thomas, there's a lot of talks about him retiring. Um, and even if he doesn't, he's a free agent. So it's kind of like not safe over there either. So I, I don't. I could see all of these teams with a different starting quarterback next year. And then obviously Atlanta has Desmond Ritter, so it's like a rookie. I think, you know. They also have Peterman, but I still think – I wouldn't be surprised. Mm, I don't think they would draft the quarterback because they just drafted one last year, so there's no point in drafting another. Kind of. Mm. Yeah, no. None of, none of the teams The here. Saints need cow space. That's an issue. They're yeah, broke. they don't have cap space, so that's like a big. Part. When was the last time Mike Thomas played a game? Ooh, I know he's been like consistently injured for the last. This like, was going to be one of my New Year's resolutions. It was going to be for the Magic. It was to get Jonathan Isaac on the court. 
get Michael Thomas on the field. Oh my gosh. Michael Thomas has played a whopping. He hasn't played since week. He hasn't played in a long time. He hasn't played since either week three or week eight. Of this year? Yes, of this year. Because it's, it's robbery. It says he has stats for the first three weeks, but he has no stats from weeks four through eight. But they show up. But any game after that does not show up. So I wonder if that means he didn't play those games or he just didn't put up stats. So, yeah, he hasn't played in a – No, because if you're a receiver of that caliber and you don't put up stats – That means you didn't play. There's no way he – Yeah, that means you didn't, didn't play. Because it's like he didn't even get a target, and that's not possible. Like, yeah. No, yeah, he's he on the IR. Yeah, he's he, on the IR. He hasn't played all year, so. Yeah, he played three games. That's it. Saints need a quarterback, but Saints also need cap space, but they also are kind of out of the quarterback area to draft, so maybe a trade. Uh, t- Tampa is a little weird because it's kind of like they could just get a quarterback and go back to winning, but I don't know who they would get. And then Carolina needs to draft someone. And uh, who's the other team? Saints. Oh, wait, no, you saw them. Um, Panthers? No, I said Carolina. Carolina, Saints, Buccaneers, and Falcons. Falcons. Falcons, Falcons have Raider, so it's kind of like – you can kind of see yeah. see how it plays out next year. I think that's all the teams. I think we did all the. It's just yeah. a lot of teams that need quarterbacks this year, and there's not really a lot of quarterbacks to go around. So we'll see how I mean, things play out. It's a good quarterback class, so that's the thing too. For draft and for free agency, there's a lot yeah. of guys who can get. Um, next year, though, Caleb Williams, he's going to be miserable. The demand, I think, outweighs the the supply. There's not enough quality. <laughs> the quarterback inflation is crazy. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think for the most part, we know where some guys are going to be. And then, especially in the NFC, it's a little bit more like all of these teams could really have another quarterback if things play out. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to make sure there's nothing that we didn't talk about that, like, was on schedule. I think we got awesome. No. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. NFL referees. Yeah, they've been bad this year. I think that's all I can say. They've just been. They, when in- Terry McLaurin checked if he was okay, and then they called him, what's it called? Illegal formation. I was like, yeah. bro, what? There's been a lot of plays this year where it's been like a terrible, like bad calls. They had the Chase Claypool one against um, Miami, where it was clearly a PI. In that same Giants game you're referring to, there was another that was clearly a PI. It's every year, so I just kind of – I'm immune to it at this point. I'm just like, the refs are never going to be that good ever, so I give up. Like, and then basketball refs or NBA refs are just soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking to a, a fan and just getting a tech. Like, yeah. Refereeing Bro, is for the hard, but it's, it's a like – Refing is so hard when you like really think about it, but it's like at the same time, it's like, come on now, you know that wasn't a foul. You're you're crazy, or you know that was a foul. But yeah, I think that concludes. Season Bro, I have the under. I think that concludes. Oh yeah, the refs definitely be betting. I, I'll bet on it. I will bet on the refs betting. Like, there's no way sometimes like these refs are not playing. Uh, what's it called? Fan duel. Parlays. <laughs> yeah. 
he had he had a six leg parlay and he had an over under for for James Harden free throws. So he was like, let me help him out a little bit. Um, but yeah, make I sure think he gets fifteen this game. I think that concludes season two, episode one of the Poverty Franchise podcast. If you're listening on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, all those, thanks for checking us out. Uh, you can watch all of the prior episodes on YouTube, and if you are on YouTube, you can now listen to all of our future episodes on streaming services. Not to say that the videos or the episodes won't be on YouTube anymore. They still will be. It just, you know, it it diversifies our audience. We're expanding our our social networking. Yeah. And yeah. We're yeah. expanding where we are as a brand. We'll be back. So you'll pretty much find everything on the link tree. Yeah. We'll be back next Wednesday with more content. Um, You know, yeah. So see you guys next Wednesday. I forgot how to end a recording. (laughs) How do you end a recording? No. This is crazy. How do you literally end a recording? Oh.